You're obviously a Bald Move podcast fan, but were you aware of the breadth and depth of our coverage? We cover all your favorite TV shows such as Game of Thrones, 24, American Horror Story, Breaking Bad, Falling Skies, Fargo, The Leftovers, Gotham, House of Cards, Justified, Mad Men, Orange is the New Black, Botwalk Empire, True Blood, Downton Abbey, The Walking Dead. Thanks, Moira. Fuck you. Pay me. We told you after the Amazon check clears. Get all of this and much more at baldmove.com. Cheap bastards. Hello and welcome to the Justified Podcast brought to you by BaldMove.com. We're the officially unofficial podcast for FX's Justified television program. Tonight we're going to be talking about the season premiere, episode 601, Fate's Right Hand. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. Uh, Shocking, shocking beginning to the uh, season. Uh, Yeah, definitely. We were talking, because we did this live watch thing, which we'll talk a little bit in the feedback section, where we actually put our ugly mugs up in in conjunction with the show. And uh, we were talking about Dewey Crow and how he survives and how he's this cockroach and how he's a um, a Mickey Mickey Doyle Doyle, type character, which I might have jinxed him. You might have, yeah. Because uh, can't really spoil much about Boardwalk Empire, so we'll just if you if you know what I'm talking about, great. If not, go watch Boardwalk Empire. Sure. Mi- to, to explain that reference a little bit, Mickey Doyle was a character who was dumb and we thought was going to die immediately, annoying as hell, but ended up lasting a lot longer than we thought. The final season, <laughs> there we spoiled it. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that that specific. I, I thought it was shocking. I thought it was a big statement that. You know, Dewey Crow was one of the original baddies. Oh, yeah. Uh, has been a thorn and rail inside this whole time. And they are not they're not uh, kidding around. I mean, aside from Boyd and I guess Ava is one of the original baddies. I, sure. I don't know what to consider her like a baddie or nah, she's, the, she's, she's OG for sure. Yeah. Uh, other than them, it's like Dickie Bennett is like the last one. Two. And that's like I'm talking about. Yeah, he's not even one. season one. You're right. So hmm. uh, they're definitely making a statement at this episode, and I originally was kind of like 50-50 on Raylan making it out of this season. We yeah. talked about in the preview cast. I felt like they did a pretty good job of putting the fear of God or the fear of Raylan's life into me, the viewer, in this episode. Yeah, Lots I think that portents. scene with Art um, really, really struck home that there are a couple of paths, and one of them does not lead to Raylan surviving. Sure. Uh, this episode was directed by Michael Dinner, winner, winner, Michael Dinner. Yeah. Uh, who is a director and producer for, uh, television. He actually wrote this episode too. He did double duty, but he had some, uh, help. He was the director of the pilot episode of Justified Hmm. and is a series regular and in fact, executive producer. Fun fact, he also directed, produced Karen Sisko, which was another television series based on another U.S. Marshall character, Created by Elmore Leonard. So he's all up in Elmore Leonard's space. Uh, the episode was co-written by Fred Golan, who is a frequent Graham Yost con- uh, collaborator. They worked together on another Yost production, Boomtown. Ah. And also co-written by Chris Provenzano, 
who is another executive story editor for Justified, uh, began in the first season and has done uh, at least 10, looks like, episodes <laughs> and previously written for the AMC drama Mad Men. Huh, so okay. we're in uh, fairly good hands as far as Justified and as far as uh, the art of uh, cinema, uh, television cinema is concerned. What did you think of the episode? We talked a little bit about the shocking. Um, we know neither one of us were too thrilled with last season. Yeah, it was it was okay. And 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 to be honest, Justified has been in a very slow downward spiral since season two. I mean, yeah. it's not like season three was bad and season four. No, season three was pretty was, was, good. It just wasn't as good as the stellar season two. And, and season four wasn't quite as good as, as season yeah. three. And then season five, for me. Finished kind of strong, yeah. Uh, exciting because it set up this season the Roy, the Royd, the Raylan versus Boyd. I'm going to call that. That's the new Roy. celebrity couple. They're Royd. Okay. Uh, set up the Royd showdown. Uh, I'm very very excited because I thought this episode was excellent. Yeah, uh, I was. I'm always entertained by Dewey Crow. Like I'm sad to see him go because, man, when he's on the screen, I'm usually laughing. Yeah, and really poignant. I mean, I I mentioned in the the yeah, live surprisingly. The live watch that he's very much like a Linny from uh, of Mice and Men character, uh, and it was just really pitiful. He's just like this childlike dumbass. I like the moments where you can tell that he hasn't gotten anything up until this point, but then he gets it. Like no. he has a moment of clarity yeah. where he realizes these people are shitting all over me, and that that's I like that. I like that about his character, and also like you know he's. The man, his, his he's happiest when he can roll around plotting Aryan Brotherhood war plans and his mm-hmm. Cadillac, getting six dollar blowjobs, and drinking illegal uh, revenue free moonshine. Yep, and uh, he's just not meant for this world anymore. It's a, it's a tougher, rougher, less gentle Harlan County, believe it or not. Yeah, and he has that heart to heart with Boyd, and I think Boyd thinks that. A little bit too. Like right. Boyd's been through a lot of shit, and he has come out the other side with basically nothing. Yeah. Uh, now he's kind of at the end of his rope as well. So for the format of this show, um, we've always found it kind of hard to cover Justified in a way that isn't just devolving us and to be like, "Oh, wasn't it cool when Raylan did this? Raylan did that." Uh, we're going to adopt a format that we had a lot of success with with uh, shows like Fargo and. Uh, the leftovers where we kind of talk, break it down by character. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we might go and, and talk more plot oriented, but I think character is the way to go for this one. Uh, let's start with Raylan. I think okay. it's a good idea. Is that a book named after him? He's the star of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we begin the episode with the first scene that kind of clued me in that, Oh God, Raylan might not make it out of this, which was Winona down in Florida with their child, very adorable toe headed uh, baby. I completely missed this scene. We were doing our live watch, and I we, we had didn't a lot get of it started. We had like a laggy, um, exactly a minute or two technical difficulties, which is how long it took for the scene to to play. But uh, yeah. she's kind of playing with the baby. It's, it's uh, she calls it the graveyard shift, and she wistfully wonders, "Oh, Raylan, what could be so important that you're missing this for?" Yeah, kind of an important scene that I totally missed. Uh, I mean, it, it sets up you the know stakes. Exactly. It this says, is what he could be doing right the fuck now. And this is what he wanted to do at the end of last season. He wanted to go to Florida until 
Oh, Boyd's back in the mix. The I gotta Boyd, catch Boyd. The boy he sprung a Boyd boner. Pretty much. Yeah. A Boyder. A Boyder. Exactly. Uh so now he's on he's on that trail, and that is apparently more important than his kid. Yeah. And it, I mean that there's no other way to say it, which yeah. in conjunction with yeah. art speech later on is you know, it's one of those um kind of monkey's paw situation where you know, if 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 that's your really your fondest wish to catch Boyd over uh, reuniting with uh, your ex-wife and uh, baby daughter, maybe you're going to get what you wish for. Yeah. But in a horrific way. <laughs> he, there could be a showdown. So this leads up to what he is, in fact, missing this family time for, which is going down to shake a uh, a lawman down in Mexico, a corrupt lawman. We met him last Federale. season. Is right? he a federale? I, I don't know if he is. I said I'd... federale in the live cast, yeah. but that's like... The national police. Yeah, I don't I know if this he's guy, local or. Yeah, I, this what? guy feels like a like a local police officer, he uh, but he was involved in kind of the drug shakedown that led to the disastrous end. Well, not the end. One of the many disasters Boyd met in trying to get the heroin out of Mexico. So is this the guy that held up Boyd and took his truck that he thought was full of heroin, but was actually full of dead bodies? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if this was the exact same guy or just someone associated. I mean, I didn't look up the actors or anything, but that's I think that's what, what he Raylan looked like. said. Yeah, yeah. And that's why he's down there. He's he's investigating this uh, Mexican fiasco, and he's trying to intimidate this guy. And this guy's like, look, I don't give a shit. You're, yeah, we're in Mexico. Get out of here. Marshall. If you're a Texas Ranger, that might mean something. And he mentioned something about at least their badges are stamped out of uh, a Mexican silver, silver dollar. Uh, that's true. <laughs> It's I, true. I looked that up on Wikipedia, and uh, in the late 70s or early 80s, a um, very senior Texas Ranger and his mother had a collection of very rare sil- uh, uh, and old silver pesos. They're $5 pieces that were still the original all silver. Okay. Donated into the Ranger service so they could stamp out enough badges for all actively serving Rangers, which aren't that many. There's like less than 100 of them down there. Hmm. And I, I fell into it a... It seems like you would run out of those... Ba- you don't get to keep your badge when you no. retire. So, I or mean, die. I guess as long as their ranks are never expanding, they would be okay. And, and a crazy amount of Texas Rangers get killed in the line of duty, too. I fell down a wiki hole wow. of reading about, te- <laughs> uh, you know... that After you found out that Raylan is not actually a U.S. like marshal, he's... he's like a deputy marshal or whatever? No, no. I just was uh, reading about the history of Texas Rangers. It's fascinating. Oh, okay. I didn't even get to Walker. Sure, so, sure. I mean, Which is the most fascinating. That, that'd yeah. be a whole other uh, hole to fall down. There, there's at least like 90 hours of research to do on that. But he don't even have that stamped out Mexican silver dollar. He's He ain't nothing. And mm-hmm. I was wondering what the hell is Raylan going to do? Apparently, this show, this is like... It's weird because they're setting up that this is Raylan's last score before he goes to be a desk jockey or whatever he's going to do. And this mm-hmm. is potentially Boyd's last score to get off into their happy escape from Harlan, right? Yeah. Both of them can't get what they want. But nope, they can't. The show's making no bones about what little fucks Raylan gave about observing the niceties of law enforcement are out the window. Because he will go and kidnap a Mexican citizen who happens to be yep. a... Uh, a, a law enforcement officer, um, bring him back north of the border, which he does. He doesn't have a gun, but as we've seen before in Justified, Raylan don't need a gun to fuck you up. No, he doesn't. Uh, he uses his Lincoln. <laughs> I Yeah, Raylan is just, uh, 
I don't know if this has gotten worse or I'm just misremembering, but he is just completely flouting the law in this episode. Uh, I mean, he, he sets up what I can only presume is an illegal roadblock on Dewey Crow and an illegal stopping. Uh, he watches him run off the road and then he goes and breaks his jaw. And, and all of that is completely illegal as far as I can tell. No, it's but Raylan doesn't give a fuck. They do like this fig leaf thing where the, he meets with the um, a, uh, U.S. attorney and is like, you know, my boss officially can't tell you to violate Dewey Crow's civil rights because uh-huh. and this is the long payoff of, I think it was two seasons ago, Dewey Crow sued the government for yeah. harassment and won 300000 which led him to buy Bought his Audrey's, <laughs> And he was like briefly the whorehouse kingpin of Harlan County. Yeah. For for what's that worth? No, cousins, that's, cousins came up and yeah, fucked that up. He got he got double fucked. But Boyd came in and and then uh, uh, whoever the other crow, Daryl Crow, got a sloppy yeah. seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're still paying that off because now Raylan's got a restraining order against Dewey Crow. Yeah, which I thought would be interesting as the season goes and so, progresses, but not so, he so much. Completely ignored that. Doesn't no. care. Um, and again, he he I, I can't stress this enough. He kidnaps. A, a citizen of the stop sovereign country of Mexico. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I thought it would, we, we find out that Raylan's using Arlo's place as a command headquarters for this task force. This is something that Rachel and, and boy and, and Raylan have put together uh, to get this Rico case against Boyd. And uh, he's talking there with Tim about, you know, how they're going to do the surveillance because uh, Boyd's been under, you know, constant surveillance by Tim. They got him doing uh, pictures of a bunch of shady shit case in a bank, which we'll get to on Boyd's thread later. Uh, When this bearded man who introduces himself as Ty Walker comes flying up to offer to buy the house with a case full of money. Interesting. And it was Good scene because number one, it just allowed Raylan to say a bunch of cool shit. Yeah, <laughs> but two, how Raylan talks about the history of his family and the house and what it means to him. And do you think that this is real? Nope. Because not one bit. I think he's shining this guy on. Because uh, I mentioned he talks about some of the illustrious dead, and the camera zooms out to a wide shot, and you can see Arlo Givens. Yeah. Tombstone, which is inscribed beloved husband and father. Which we know is bullshit. Nobody loved Arlo. The meta commentary there is Raylan had to be the one to buy that headstone. He did, yeah. So, and we know that that is a giant fat lie. Uh So that leads me to believe that he doesn't have any emotional connection to this property. He's just being an asshole to this guy who thinks somehow is a crook. We don't really know. That's what I got to, yeah. Like, a guy comes up with a briefcase full of cash and offers to buy your house. Something's fishy there. Right. Raylan's not biting, and I I think he uses that opportunity to just kind of fuck with the guy a little bit. Right. And this this guy, um, Ty Walker's played by Garrett Dillahunt. Sure, I've seen him around, yeah. He's been in a couple things. Um... I've known him a little bit from from Deadwood because he was in uh, he plays two characters. Um, one, he's the kind of like uh, cunt mouthed uh, card card player that kills um, Wild Bill in mm-hmm. Deadwood, and he later be, um, is in this kind of a. It's interesting because it's a real estate plot. He's trying to buy up all the gold claims in Deadwood, and okay. here he comes up trying to buy. This house of Arlo's, what do you think his angle is? I really don't know. I really couldn't tell you what, what he's trying to get out of that. 
Like, I'm wondering if there's something else in the walls. That's what I was wondering. That Raylan missed. How much National Treasure shit is going on at the the Givens residence? (laughs) Benjamin Franklin's glasses are in there. (laughs) The last stash of Mexican silver... He's he they they've run yep. out of badges. Yep. They need more rangers, and he's he's sent there to make inquiries. <laughs> Just didn't go the way he wanted to. Um, we then have a scene where Rachel is looking good, looking comfortable, mm-hmm. sitting behind uh, Art's desk, and they're talking about um, Raylan's like, "Look, I got this uh, Mexican sheriff or deputy or whatever, and I got him in prison." And uh, I think we can maybe uh, sweat a uh, a son some kind of signed statement that pins Dewey Crow or maybe Boyd Crowder to this murder that went on in the desert. And he's got Dewey behind bars. And Rachel says, "Well, not so fast. We got to let him go because of all this, uh, you know, trumped up harassment charges." And he's got a slick lawyer, and uh, you got to keep a thousand feet away from him. We talked about this a little bit. We also have a little nod to the timeline here because they say it's only a couple of months since he got the three thousand three hundred thousand dollar windfall. So it's oh, only wow. been two months approximately from the start of last season to right now, which I guess feels right. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, Art's convalescing at home, so I'm thinking maybe a week, couple weeks have passed between you know. Ava's got enough time to get her job back, but her and Boyd still haven't figured things out. Mm-hmm. Um, so Raylan uh, is trying to figure out how he can get to Dewey, and he basically shows up uh, when Dewey gets out of prison and says... You're f- <laughs> That's the last thing Dewey wanted to see. Right. Man, he's all happy I'm getting out of prison, and then he looks up and, oh, fuck, there's Raylan Givens. <laughs> and Raylan drops in and is like, look, you're... Uh, you you might want me to stay away, but I'm your salvation because if you can talk your way out of it and, and help me out, then I, maybe I can do something for you. Otherwise, I got this deportation notice. We're shipping you off to Mexico for this murder to happen out in the desert, mm-hmm. which, you know, obviously. But it's written uh, in, Mexican. In, in Spanish and he can't read it. And like, I wonder if that's even real. I don't. I suspect that maybe not. But on yeah. the other hand, you know, Raylan just kidnapped a Mexican citizen. Maybe he could, maybe he does have maybe, some connections. Maybe, maybe. But I got the distinct impression in that scene that that is not, that is just completely made up by Raylan. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't I, put it past How's that phone call go? He calls up the Mexican consulate. Uh, yeah, I kidnapped one of your dudes. Um, <laughs> I'm going to need a statement from you, an extra day. I, I, just, I feel like that th- that would be a no-go. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know about that. Um... Meanwhile, so so Dewey says, "Hey, I uh, all I want is uh, he he. I think he believes Raylan, but he also has got enough of I'm not a mm-hmm. rat that he's like basically flips him the bird and says I'm off to get a six dollar blowjob. Yeah, uh, which we'll get we'll we'll pick up his thread in a little bit later. Um, we re- rejoin the Raylan part where uh, Raylan and Tim are having to decide whether they want to follow Dewey going about his business or Boyd to make the fateful decision to go after Dewey." Mm-hmm. Uh, which turns out that they pull him over in this shitty tow truck, which is you know Boyd's mo. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this big duff black duffel bag that he's he's caught with, and turns out it's just full of uh, Boyd's laundry. There was something I was watching not too long ago where they they were talking about that trick of like towing a car behind you and having the drugs stashed in the car because it's plausible deniability. 
Uh, I didn't know it was in that car. I'm just towing the car. Uh, yeah, seems- and they said, "Oh, that tr- that trick is old, but still works. Old but effective." So, so- does that actually work? Is that hold up in a court case? <sighs> it feels also. Oh, it feels like that the deck is awful stra- stacked against you nowadays in in drug law. Yes. Um, so I don't know whether it ever worked or whether it did work. Um, well, it did work. I mean, that's how like a lot of people in Florida were were like the cartels in Florida were transported. Well, I drugs want to say that this was either on in the a previous season of Justified or it might have been. What's really screwing me up is I've read several of the Raylan books. It was. It was Art who who said that. Okay. Yeah. But I also I'm I'm almost positive that this was a plot line in the Raylan book or maybe one of the other the the last one or and I've noticed that in the last few seasons they've done a lot of cribbing from that final book to get just like little bits and pieces of plot yeah um, but it turns out they got nothing why do you, I thought it was curious at the time that they went after Dewey rather than Boyd um yeah especially considering what a hard on Raylan has for Boyd I mean maybe they thought like if if it, it feels like that they thought Dewey was one of the linchpins in their case, in this racketeering case. Could that be that. Could, could be maybe they thought Boyd was too smart to do anything himself. And so he was sending this guy off as, uh, you know, do kind of doing the opposite of what they thought he was doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, but I don't know. It was, it was, like I said, a fateful decision because if they'd followed Boyd, oh boy, they would have had... Uh, they would have had a good old time. Yeah. Uh, I also want to note the ridiculous truck they're in, which, I mean, so so I mm-hmm. I don't know if this is explicitly mentioned in the episode, but reading between the lines, I know that, you know, Raylan can basically make use of any confiscated vehicle that the okay. Rangers have at the moment. Uh, he fucked up his Lincoln down in Mexico. Yep. Which, by the way, he crossed the border with that fucked up Lincoln and some dude in his trunk. <laughs> yeah, he's a flash of badge. I don't know. Yeah, I guess the, the, the going going north of the border, the yeah. the marshal badge probably counts for a lot. Yeah. Um, but then he decided to, hey, I need I need an undercover vehicle for Harlan County. Uh-huh. I know. Let's get this big jacked up SUV, uh, and 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 follow people around it, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, it's awesome. And it made a really funny like uh, kind of chase scene uh-huh. with that shitty tow truck and that thing in hot pursuit. Uh. But they, uh, I like how they're just they're following him, just watching him try to get this tow truck back under control. Right, and it's not happening. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! And that's the other thing is that gave him a little fig leaf because he's like, you know, hey, I'm just trying to help you out of your car, and he says, back off, and oh, he, yeah. he breaks his jaw. If Dewey hadn't <sighs> died, I wonder what actually becomes of Raylan. He's gonna get sued again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because it's not like you can't, can't have a restraining order against a guy, break his jaw, and claim that. That's cool. Yeah, it's not like Tim couldn't have just served him that thing and yeah. done almost all the railing things that he could do. I don't know. I see he's not as afraid of Tim, uh, which I don't know is wise. <laughs> uh, then um, the the other thing of note, there's two scenes of note with Raylan left, is the one where he meets Ava at the bridge and yep. asks her about the um, the distraction that Dewey ca- the cause that let Boyd get away with these safety deposit boxes we'll talk about here in a bit. And Ava was honest and says she hadn't heard of it, but Raylan just threatens her. It's like, look, if you can't start turning out some information for me, uh, we're going to have a problem because you're useless. And Mm -hmm. at best, you're going to wind up back in prison. At worst, you're going to have a couple more charges because you're going to be seen as an accomplice. Yeah. 
And she's kind of at her wits end with them because, you know, we're going to talk about more in, in Ava's thread, but I feel like she's very torn between, she hasn't figured out what she wants to do with Boyd yet. Um, she doesn't know what to think about Raylan. I think Raylan really just doesn't care about her anymore. Like once she's shacked up with Boyd and started doing criminal shit. Yeah. She's just a shit kicker. Just like, uh, uh, Boyd is for sure. But he does try to, after he tears her down, he tries to build her back up by saying, look, you know, you can sell lies. You know, you're better than what you're protesting. You know, like uh, he tells the parable of Homan, which was her, you know, Boyd's brother, her first husband, that she Mm -hmm. cooked him a nice dinner and then shot him in the gut with a shotgun. Sure. That that was a great, great scene. But I... Does Rayla not know that everything that he's saying to apply to Boyd could come back and apply to himself as well? Like she could also fuck yeah. him, and he would never see it coming, and not in, not in the pleasant railing Gibbons <laughs> way, the like you know bullet in, in the head kind of way. Yeah, no, that that's entirely true. Um, I I don't I don't know how he gets information out of her and considers it reliable at this point. Yeah. Um, final scene with Raylan of note uh, was when he goes to visit Art. I really like Art. Yeah, it's a great scene. As the kind of busted up Yoda, he's there to dispense <laughs> advice and wisdom, but he's uh-huh. out of the field and kind of seems pretty content with it. Um, but the, the 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 big thing is there is like, look, I know that you want to just you know draw down on Boyd and kill him, and maybe that would make the world a better place. But maybe then you get found out finally that you're kind of renegade cop and you lose your badge. Maybe you have to go to jail yourself. He goes, or the bullet finds you instead of Boyd, and you don't make it out. Yep. This, combined with the Winona scene, has me bumping up Raylan's chances of surviving to, like, <laughs> or bumping it down to 25%. It was at 50. Now I'm thinking it's, like, a 75% chance he dies. Well, I, I don't know that it changes my opinion, because that's certainly what they want us to think. That's why that scene is there. It's not like... Because if they didn't have it, then we'd be like, there's no way Raylan dies. Yeah, yeah. They they want to set up the possibilities, and they want you to have those firmly in your mind going into the rest of the season. Uh, I don't know that it that it necessarily means he's more likely to die. It just means we as an audience should be thinking that he could. Well, I mean, I thought Seppenwall made a good point in his preview podcast uh, a week ago where he said that in Elmore Leonard stories the protagonist usually gets a right off in the sunset, happy ending. And that's whether they're an anti-hero, it's whether they're a criminal, it's whether they're a lawman. They it's, there's not, I can't think of a one where it's just a bummer of an ending. Yeah. But Elmore Leonard's dead. And maybe Graham, uh, Yost wants to do something a little bit more dramatic, a little bit more interesting. I mean, a little bit more, mar- uh, you know. Like put up a headstone, beloved father and <laughs> uh, protagonist killer. Dead be dead. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't know. I mean, he could go with more of a Mags Bennett type ending for Raylan. Something that's more emotionally mm. poignant and, and resonant. I don't know. I'm scared. I'm scared for him. I don't know. I like how they handled the stuff with his father at the end of season four. Uh, I thought that was super poignant and super emotional, and yeah. I'm hoping they give us something similar to that because that that felt like a very bittersweet moment to me. Um, so I would be okay with the series going out that way. 
Uh, we talked a lot. Uh, the next guy I want to talk about is Dewey. We talked a lot about um, him already, but his character is at a very low point. I don't know. I mean, obviously he's a dumbass. That's why. <laughs> but he, I guess he expected to come out of prison and just resume his throne on uh, at the at the whorehouse. Yeah. But surprise, surprise, all that stuff's been seized and condemned by the feds and everything's shut down. The only thing is left in the uh, whorehouse empire is a few pairs of panties, Mm -hmm. which he promptly steals for God knows what purposes, and his shitty little turtle dog totem. Yep. Which I read an interview by Damon Harriman. He's the guy that plays Dewey Crow. And uh, he said... There's a funny story in how we came up with that name that they used this as prop, this weird little carving. It said in the script, Dewey gives him a weird carving and says, This is for my grandfather. My grandfather made this. And it's this odd thing that looks like a turtle, but his long string tail like it was a dog. The original line said, What is it, Dewey? And looking at it like, Why are you giving me this weird thing? My original line is, I've got no idea, but my grandfather made it, which was fine. Um, because, you know, it's like this idea that Dewey loved it, but he didn't know what it was. But then I said, it looks like a cross between a turtle and a dog. I feel like Dewey would call this a turtle dog. Mm-hmm. And they rewrote the line, so he says that. And he said he delivered it like, it's a turtle dog. Like, you idiot, how did you not know what a turtle dog is? Sure. Um, and he said that's... Um, he, he mentioned the interview, which was obviously before the season was done, that that's kind of his personal favorite Dewey moment. And he was hoping to keep the turtle dog as memento. But they didn't let him. I don't know. Oh, okay. That's probably because, that's, you know, like we talked to Charles uh, Baker, Skinny Pete, and you know, he all he wanted was Skinny Pete's hat. No, nope, we're auctioning yeah. it off. It turns out everything yeah, the, on the a popular show. The turtle dog will be up on screenbid.com. For and, $7,500. Uh, and if, uh, uh, if, if some if, asshole's going to buy it out from under that guy. <laughs> if Mr. Harriman wants it, he can <laughs> pony up for it. Um, but he tracks down his favorite whore, uh, Mina, the sister of Tina, which they're not actually, they're actually not sisters. In fact, Mina's not actually Mina. She's actually Abigail. Yeah. Who has uh, turned straight and has got a job at the diner with her former John, uh, the black dude that Dewey somehow managed to beat the piss out of. Last I couldn't season. believe it, man. I thought because sh- he comes out with his shirt off and he's jacked. Oh, and and I thought and I'm for like sure. he's gonna get his ass whipped here. Yeah, I thought for sure he's gonna drop Dewey like a sack of shit that he is. Yeah, and somehow. It's one of those things where, like, Dewey fought him and he somehow won. Yep. It's like any given Sunday type of deal. Uh, but he re- somehow he's got this bizarre crow chain of logic that, you know, I found my turtle dog, which led me to find you, and you found your sign, which was help wanted, and this is my sign to go what? To get back with Boyd, and but how, that, what is that, that kills him. What is that connection? Well, yeah, it's it's a Dewey Crow connection. It's dubious at best. Is that one of those things where you like gaze into the abyss long enough and the abyss stares back? Because I don't follow that <laughs> chain of logic at all. Uh, but it do- does lead him going back to Boyd, begging for a second chance, which brings us to the Boyd plotline. Okay. We see him at the beginning of the episode where he is crashing at his own bar. He's sleeping on the couch. Uh, he's yep. back to working banks. We see him uh, casing out this one place and uh, getting access to the safety deposit box and uh, kind of you know just checking out this place of security. Now, why is he doing this? I, I have a question about why he's robbing the bank because I think at the end of last season they were talking about, oh, you need to go back to doing what you're good at, which is robbing banks. Sure. Um, I forget who was saying that though. Was it the was it Duffy? Was it 
the woman who was part of that. Yeah, Catherine Hale, the Mary Steenburgen uh, character. She's the one that says, I heard you're good at robbing banks. So so that that's one of the things I love about Justify is a lot of shit happens and stuff that we don't know and we just kind of have to play catch up. Yeah, so I think he's doing this at the behest of them. Yeah, of of uh Duffy and her. Yeah, I really like uh Seppenwall's calling her Hurricane Hale. Okay. The Catherine character. So Why? At, just because I don't know, she's a she's going to be a force of nature. Oh, maybe that's a spoiler because he's seen the first three episodes. Yeah, I, so far there's nothing to indicate Hurricane Force of Nature. I mean, no, she's. I mean, it turns out she's she the sits brains there and behind, smiles. She's the brains behind the Dixie Mafia is what they strongly hinted at the end of last <laughs> okay. season. Yeah. So it's just kind of like so far she is kind of like Theo Tonin circus beginning of season three. Like we've heard a lot okay. about him. They seem like a badass, but we haven't met yeah. him. And the we, only thing she's done on the screen is smile. Exactly, that's but that's that's scary. Is it? That's scary. The the, uh, the carpetbagger smiled a lot, right? <laughs> and he was scary. He was scary, very. He was scary. But no, apparently Hale, uh, Catherine, and uh, w- uh, Duffy's put put him up to this. Okay, that makes sense. But we don't know why, and neither does Boyd. And so do you think Boyd was planning on double-crossing them? Like making off? Because he's disappointed with no money in that thing? Yeah, like if that was a ton of money, do you think he just skates and takes off? I mean, that's... Man, I, maybe if he can convince Ava to go with him, he might. Because that's the next scene when he's he's uh, up at the crack of dawn fixing yeah. Ava's house, which she didn't seem to appreciate on many levels. Um, and also, <laughs> Ava's packing a gun. She's afraid of yeah. Boyd. Yeah. He's making this pitch to her that, like, we... Uh, I'm about to come into a bunch of money, and we need to get the hell out of Harlan, because this, this whole theme of this season seems to be that Harlan is dying. Yeah. Like, it was a boom town because of coal, and then it was a boom town because of drugs and <laughs> liquor, but now the Bennets, the Crows, and the Crowders are all dying off, and there's nothing left. That has been the case since the first season, man. We have commented multiple times on how many characters just get straight up killed. But that's the thing. In this show. There you, that, that, I, it's funny that I guess the thesis of this show, what it's positing, is that the lifeblood of Harlan was just I think so. crime. Yeah. And once it's gone, there's nothing left. Yep. They've torn off the tops of all the mountains. Yeah. They're automating all the shit. So, you, you know, one machine can do the job of 100 men. There's just no reason to be in Harlan County. Mm-hmm. And now that heroin's dried up, and once they rob the last bank, it's like, turn off the lights, you're, you're, you're out. <laughs> Pretty much, and that that I thought that was a good scene where he's like, you know, if you stay in a ghost town long enough, you're you're still a ghost, or yeah. you become a ghost. And she comes mm-hmm. back. Well, you're acting like we're not dead already. What did you think she meant by that? Uh, that's a good question. I don't really know. I mean, I she certainly doesn't see herself as the same person. Uh, she doesn't see Boyd as the same person. I feel like. She might be saying all of the shit we've done up till now has changed us to the point where we're already ghosts. We're all we're already lost. Well, you know, Ava's been through a huge, a big arc. I mean, she started out oh, as yeah. a, a heroine, not mm-hmm. like like uh, a yeah. heroine. Uh, then she kind of went through this gray character. Uh, then she became she was courted by Boyd. She became his. I, I mean, Gun Mall kind of. Sells are short mm, yeah, because yeah. she was actually she running was things for, for him, yeah. you know, while he was because he went through his prison arc and all that stuff. Yep. And now she's, we don't know. That's one of the interesting things. She's the wild card in this season. She's really the card in Fate's right hand. 
Ooh, Raylan got it wrong. Did you like that? I like it. Well, I'm not a professional podcaster for nothing, Jim. <laughs> uh, so they have that scene, and then uh, Boyd, uh, you know, Dewey stumbles into his lap, and we, when we're doing the live watch, we're like, how is Boyd going to use this to his maximum advantage? He's got a pawn that he can burn anytime he wants for any reason. Yep. And he decided to use him as a just straight-up decoy. Yeah. And uh, completely fooled Raylan, fooled Tim. While they were mucking around, uh, messing around with his laundry, Boyd uses that opportunity to rob this bank's safety deposit boxes, which we find are full of journals and ledgers and paperwork, mm-hmm. but not money. That ledger, I'm curious about that ledger. That could be valuable to the right person. And and obviously it's something that this Catherine Hale must want. And it's got to have yeah. some kind it of It seems value. like Boyd was tricked into stealing that. Well, I don't know if it's tricked or not because... Unless he knew what just, he was stealing and he knows it's worth a lot of money. Well, I don't... So that's my big question. Does Boyd know this thing's value? Was Boyd expecting it to be money and he's just going to make off with it? Yeah. What did Catherine actually tell him was in that box? Did she tell him anything? I We just don't know any of this stuff. Yeah, no, you're right. Which leads us to Dewey coming back and being like, what the hell? I thought you were going to give me something important. And he's like, it was, you know, uh, says very sensible things. Like, if I'd given <laughs> you drugs, you'd be in jail now, you dumbass. I mm. told you the job was important, not what was in it. And Dewey says, I just want the good old days of running white power war plans and bombing <laughs> around the devil. and You know, the good old days. Yeah, and he said those were simple days, and those were good days, but they're long past. And Dewey just wasn't getting it. Do you think that's why Boyd kills him? I don't know. I because he says it's got to be. I can't see any other reason to kill him there. He says it's because I can't trust him. But he, so yeah. here's the thing: because he's too dumb. He's too dumb to trust. But the where where we leave with Boyd, where he's you know Mad Dog and Ava while she's sleeping, which is creepy as hell. Yep. I feel like I maybe missed something in the episode that Boyd. Didn't know that he was under surveillance because he thinks that there's a leak in his organization. Because how we're how did they know to set up the roadblock and all? And and he killed. He explicitly said he killed Dewey because he couldn't trust him anymore. Yeah, but then he's also Mad Dog and Ava by the end of the episode. Is he going to kill her? It's awful early in the season for him to start distrusting her. Sure. sure. No, surely, surely he's not going to kill Ava. I don't know if he. Decides he can't trust her. Maybe. But this scene with him and, and Dewey where he's like, look at look at this town, the, our fathers, you know, our grandfathers and fathers and this big, you know, mining montage or portrait of these miners. Yeah. He's like, these are men that saw hard, bitter times, but they also could see a future. And while he's asking Dewey to look to see if he can see that future, he blows his brains out, you know, Lenny style. Yep. Hell of a scene. And again, kind of reinforcing... Uh, his fatalistic outlook for Harlan, that there is no, there, you know, that we are these men now and there is no future. We got to get the hell out. Yeah, it's weird that he doesn't see kind of the hypocrisy in that statement, right? I mean, if it weren't for those people, those relatives, those ancestors of his... Who are all he, crooks and outlaws as far as we know. <laughs> yeah, he, Harlan would not be what Harlan became. Harlan would not be around Mm -hmm. right they saw the future boyd is giving up boyd is not seeing the future of harlan like those men did 
it seems a very hypocritical thing to say that he admires what they were seeing, and yet he himself is not seeing the future of Harlan. Sure. I love how we're talking about Harlan. Did I tell you that my neighbor at my old neighborhood was from Harlan? I don't think so, no. Yeah, it came in a random conversation. She asked what I was you know, up to, and we are talking about the podcast, and we mentioned Justified. She's like, oh, yeah, I am from Harlan. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> and she mentioned she might start listening to podcasts. And you got out alive, huh? <laughs> yeah, she got out alive. Turns out she, uh, you can escape to Greenfield, Indiana uh, from Harlan. <laughs> but I was just like, sometimes I wonder like, if Ted and, and her, is like, we're talking about Harlan as if it's his criminal sense. But I'm like, what the f- <laughs> Hey, that's our hometown, man. I, I have a... I my version of Harlan is the fictionalized, justified version of Harlan, which is only slightly fictionalized from what I can tell. Right. Uh, Ted, our embedded uh, reporter in Harlan, oh yeah, oh no, yeah, paints a, a pretty accurate, like a picture that is pretty accurate to what sheriffs the are corrupt, judges show are corrupt, does. yeah, no, yeah, and you know, there's documentaries about how yep. terrible it is. So may, maybe not. It's like <laughs> uh, I grew up in a city. That was like the regional capital of the Ku Klux Klan back in the day. Oh, yeah. And when people would throw that in my face, I'm like, yep, it's pretty shitty. <laughs> it's it's like really bad. Uh-huh. Racist from hell to breakfast. You got me. Yep. Uh, so I, I guess maybe it's like that. Um, which brings us to the final. Fate's, Fate's, uh, Fate's right hand herself, Ava. Ooh. Ava sees a future. I mean, that's been her thing from day one. She doesn't want to leave Harlan County, even if her life's in danger, even if she's got to run because she's wanted. Harlan is where her roots are. Uh, Harlan is where she dies roots at the Harlan Beauty Salon that she's now got a job back cutting hair. Yep. Which, that's such a downshift. You go from running a criminal empire... (laughs) To being incarcerated and effectively running the gangs in the women's prison. Yep. To cutting hair. Like, <laughs> what's that like? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I feel like, have you seen The Hurt Locker? Uh, I have, yeah. So that scene where he comes back home from the war finally, and he's with his boy, and he's with his 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 wife... And he's in the supermarket, and he's, like, just looking at cereal boxes and just kind of, like, looking at the shiny floors. Mm. And then the next scene is him reenlisting and going back because he just, like, fuck this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a war junkie. That's who I am. I feel like that's, like, Ava. You imagine, like, think of all the inane conversations you have with people to cut your hair. Sure. Like, one day of that is, like, where can I get some heroin? I, I was reading an article where on Michael Jordan. Where can I get Jordan. some guns to run? Uh... I, I was reading an article the other day on Michael Jordan that sounds a lot like this, where, you know, he's just such a driven, competitive guy, and after basketball, there's nothing left for him to do. Except for run the Charlotte Hornets right into the ground. <laughs> the Bobcats now, apparently. Oh, it's the Bobcats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no. I mean, any time you're at the top of the game and the game runs yeah. out, like, the... You know, it's like you turn into uh, Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. You just want to recapture... <laughs> Recapture those glory days. It's Al Bundy. <laughs> He's, he, you know, once he scored those four touchdowns in high school, <laughs> in high school, it's everything's downhill. Shit. Although I don't know that Michael Jordan could get a job at a hair salon. What do you know about hair, man? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, some people peaked too early in life. Yep. Uh, we so we also find that Ava's not being straight with Boyd, um, but. She's also dodging Raylan. The reason he shows up at her hair salon unannounced is because that he's made several 
attempts to contact her and she's just ignored him. Yeah. He's like, look, you cannot fucking do that. Uh, and she also is holding out on him because Boyd has said, like, I'm going to come into a lot of money. I've got these international vacation plans. Mm-hmm. And Raylan be- essentially tells her, this is the kind of stuff I'm looking for. I want to know if he's making big plans, if he's talking about money. Yeah, and yeah, she yeah. says, well, he bought this $300 tow truck. <laughs> so she's really sitting she's, she's sitting on the fence. Yep. She's, ba- she's walking on the, the, the top of it. Um. And I yeah, I think the show's doing a good job of setting up the possibilities mm. for this final season. Yeah. Like they want us to be asking those questions. Where's Ava gonna go? Where's Boyd gonna go? What's Raylan gonna do? And they're doing a good job of setting it up so that we don't really know, but we we are encouraged to guess, I guess. Hmm. Um Yeah, uh that's Kind of, other than, again, the last ominous scene of Boyd staring at her while she's sleeping, mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 that's about it for her, and I don't know what that means as far as, obviously, he's he's suspicious of her. Yeah. And uh, what's going on in his criminal organization. It'll be interesting to see if Boyd ends up falling victim to the all of the classic uh, criminal uh, paranoid conspiracy thoughts and ends up killing... Or isolating the people that he needs most because uh, he's afraid. I was gonna say, do you think there's a possibility that Boyd is not eyeing her ominously because he can't trust her or he doesn't know if he can, but maybe because he has let her down? What if he expected there to be money in that box? There wasn't money in the box, and now he's worried about how he's going to get her out of Harlan with mm. him. You think that's possible, or do you get the ominous like? It's can pretty, I trust the, the musical cues, the lighting, <laughs> it is, yeah, Walton Goggins' insane, f- f- maniacally focused face. <laughs> Wait, that's just Walton Goggins' face. <laughs> that's just him sitting there. Yeah. Um, then you cover him with Nazi tattoos, and it takes it to a whole other level. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like it's it's ominous. Okay, I, I'm with you too. But you know, we've laid out a couple of possibilities with the money. I wanted to just follow that trail. In fact, it's so ominous. I'm like, they're gonna have to pump the brakes on this because there's thirteen, there's, there's twelve episodes to go, and and I mean, maybe maybe they're going full pedal to the metal on this. I was gonna say, do you think they'll kill off Ava in like three episodes, and then it'll just be Boyd and Raylan going at it? I don't know because you know we got the full. I'm not gonna consider this a spoiler. It's it's because it doesn't really tell us anything. But we got the full this season on oh, yeah. justified preview. Yeah. And we know that we still have to uh introduce Sam Elliott. I'm guessing I think he comes from the ledger. That's I'm guessing be my guess. that's the ledger connection. Yeah. Um and, and and maybe there's a connection between him and, and uh, this hair this Hale character. Okay. Uh we gotta get some we gotta get Win Duffy, gotta get some resolution with him. Yeah. We found out the the most delightful thing is that uh, Dickie Bennett's going to be in this season. At least, at least he'll get a cameo. Another prison, like he did last season. I, I can't ask for any more than that. Yeah, I don't want to tempt fate by saying, "Please let Dickie be in a couple of episodes this season." That would be awesome. Yeah. Um. But no, we we've got a lot there. That I mean, that's like I feel like that's at least four or five episodes of plot. Uh. And then, you know, so that, now we're, there are six, and that's only seven to deal with the actual Boyd and Raylan stuff. So maybe they'll just, like, maybe Ava dies in three episodes. She might. She might. 
I saw some people in our forums, uh, which you can get to at forums.ballmove.com, are speculating that uh, maybe Ava's death is what actually brings about the final confrontation between. Mm. And we've talked about that, that before. Be. Like, that's the one thing that could either unite or set them against. If, yeah. if Winona dies or Ava dies, shit gets real. Yep. Like, they either team up to take vengeance or they they have the final... You know, back-to-back shotgun to shotgun, you know, <laughs> thing that we've been waiting for since season three. Yep. Should we pay some bills and then do some feedback? Sure. Let's do it. All right. Uh, point of fact, only reason you're hearing this podcast right now is because mm-hmm. Jim and I decided to do this thing full-time in 2014. In 2015, we're still doing it full-time. Yep. I say all this to say that the only way we can do that is because of the generosity of people like you, you listening to this podcast right now. Uh, there's lots of different ways you can support us. Um, some are as easy as just buying stuff on Amazon and using amazon.baldmove.com. Uh, or we've got subbable.com slash baldmove where you can go and commission um, your own podcast and do some other uh, sp- uh, special access features. Or you can go to patreon.com slash baldmove and sign up for that. And you can get um, special features like instant casts and lunch with Jim and Aaron's VIP access to our forums all kinds of cool little perks. Bottom line is we really need your support. We're counting on it. If you want us to keep doing podcasts like the Justified Podcast and many others, we got like four or five coming out a week in yeah. February and March. It's going to be crazy. Uh, you know, the Americans are starting up. We're doing Justified, Better Call Saul, The Walking Dead, and Tom and Kelly are doing Downton Abbey. So much content. The only way we can keep it free for everybody is if uh, uh, you step forward and, and help us out. So go to support.baldmove.com. And find the thing that floats your boat and uh, pull the trigger on it, Raylan style. Let's uh, get into a little bit of uh, feedback here. Let me scroll down to the feedback section. Uh, Joe K said, love your podcast. I noticed how you said that Justified has was an anomaly for peaking at season two. But if you expand your scope to include movies, you'll find something very similar. Hmm. Prepare for my Star Trek theory of Justified. Back to the future, too. Was- <laughs> The peak of Back to the you Future. You shut your mouth on Back to the Future. We need to fight about this because I... We will eventually. I find your take on Back to the Future offensive and wrong. Uh, I found the seasons follow a pattern very similar to the first six original Star Trek films. For example, there are six seasons of Justified and six original cast Star Trek films. Ah. They both peak on the second film slash season, Wrath of Khan and the Bennett Saga. Have a lackluster fifth release, The Final Frontier and Season 5. That's actually Wait. damn in season five with with very faint praise. Final <laughs> Frontier is one of the worst Star Trek movies of all time. What does God need <laughs> with a starship? With a starship. Uh, what what season or what series is he talking about? Next Generation. No, he's talking about the movies. Yeah. Versus Justified. Oh, Justified. Six season. six okay. movies of Star Trek. I thought he was talking about all about Star Trek. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Never no. mind. So. Um, they both have a lack, lackluster fifth release. The third and fourth seasons are good, but not truly great. Likewise, how I felt for Search for Spock and A Voyage Home. Mm-hmm. Uh, season one is hit and miss, sometimes painful to get through an episode or segment mirroring much of my experience with motion picture. Now I consider Star Trek VI to be an underrated classic, almost on par with Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. So if Justify continues to follow this track record, it means the final season will be excellent. The best things in season two. So get ready, guys. This season's <laughs> going to be great. What I, is what is number six? What what is 
It's the rural Pinthe, man. It's the Klingon prison planet. It's the shape-shifting Kirk. I it's, think I've seen that once. It's like it a so, long time ago. You need to watch it because I it's, do. it is. I fully agree with him. I think huh. my ranking is like probably 264. Obviously. <laughs> 315. Yeah. That and those three accurate. one five are they? they the <laughs> There's steep, a big gap. Each one between is a steep cliff to fall off into. Yeah. Although Wrath, uh, Search for Spock is not as terrible as I remember it. No, it's not terrible, but it's it's not as good as no. Four. It fails. It, it fails. I love the, basic the whales, task man. of being entertaining. To, yeah, I think start. I don't know why, but I'd I'd love that movie. I fully credit with the fact that we still have whales on this planet. Uh huh. I think Star Trek Four turned that whole shit around. You like, might be right. Like humpback whales right. were on the verge of going extinct. Blue whales were, and now all you read is about how these populations are rebounding. It's because mm-hmm. Kirk saved the day. We need a Star Trek movie about global warming. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or foreign policy. We need to weigh in on foreign <laughs> policy. Uh, oh, they did the that. Economy. Yeah, that was pretty much all Star Trek, and it didn't help. But they were able to save the whales. <laughs> they did. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, Natalie H said, Hey guys, I'm glad that you're covering Justified this year. I wonder what your thoughts are about Raylan's relationship with Ava. Raylan seemed to go quite dark last season when it came to her. I'm referring to when he visits her in prison. I think it's episode 12 and threatens to set the guards on her if she doesn't help him. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't think he will do that, the fact that he said it knowing her history of abuse seemed out of character, especially since they always played it that Raylan cared for Ava. You think Ava could play a part in Raylan's downfall this season? I think we could get a scene like the one at the end of the pilot where Rayland uh, shoots Boyd and Ava sort of helps, but this time Ava would be on Boyd's side without Rayland realizing it until it's too late. I don't know, but I think it has come down to a showdown between these three characters. I think Ava will be the one to still be alive at the end of the season. Hmm. What are your thoughts? I'm with you. I think it is a showdown between those three. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, kind of echoing the, the stuff that you said about, oh, how can Rayland trust Ava? Um, I, I really don't know how it's going to play out, but another valid question is how can Ava trust Raylan? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, he did get her out of prison, but he's also the asshole that threatened her last season. So, well, so one thing I've been thinking about is that has Raylan ever really respected Ava? Like, from the very first time they met, he's like, God, you're still in Harlan, and you're shacking up with these Crowder guys, and yeah, I guess I'll have sex with you because you're hot, but it's like (laughs) constantly harping on her about, like, you should be better than you are and do all this stuff, where obviously she has a lot of affection for where she's from. She doesn't hate it like Boyd, like, like Raylan does. Yeah. And say what you will, I think Boyd respects the hell out of Ava. I think Boyd was... That's one of the reasons I'm really bugged about season five is because I I feel like it betrayed the relationship of Ava and Boyd. I don't think Boyd would ever leave her to rot. I don't think he would get so preoccupied in his affairs. But, but then again, it's not like he didn't have anything to do. Maybe he was doing the best. <laughs> but it, it kind yeah, of muddied so, somewhere, the water. I, I said this, I think, in the preview cast. Um, somewhere in season five, Boyd either lost track of what was important to him or stopped caring so much about Ava and cared more about money because that was what Boyd was chasing that entire time is money. But what I'm, what I'm trying to get to is at a core level, 
Boyd gets and respects Ava in a way that Raylan just doesn't. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And I think that's what it's going to come down to when she picks her loyalties. She's either going to do what's best for herself and fuck them both over. Okay. Which is I can see kind of what I'm rooting for. But if she yeah. had to choose between Raylan and Boyd, I feel like she chooses Boyd. Uh, Yeah, probably. Because you got to go with the person that respects you. Yeah. Uh, Steven, Spra- uh, Steven S. says, I enjoyed... Uh, the live watch was awesome to see both your reactions compared to my own. The commercial commentary was entertaining. Usually I watch television alone, so having a live feed added was a nice addition to my watching experience. Really interesting shit, and keep it up. Hmm. Thank you. We were hoping for that. This is kind of one of our backer experiments. Um, I don't know that we'll be doing... In fact, I'm sure that we won't be doing Justified every week, because um, we probably only do that once, maybe twice for special occasions. But, um, you know, it's kind of like a thing we're beta testing. And we're kind of thinking that because, you know, we hear time and time again that people watch this stuff alone. They don't have friends to talk about the television show because, you know, not everybody watches Mad Men, Breaking Bad, Justified, whatever. And then we can be that people. So we're like, well, hell, we'll just bring it to the watch experience. Sure. I like watching television with Jim better than I watch like watching it alone. So there you go. Um, he says, just a thought it'd be cool if the live watch could be set up like the lunch with Jim and Aaron's where the viewer could ask simple and quick questions which could be answered during the commercial breaks. Um, so we thought about that a lot and we want to add some kind of feedback loop. We are thinking about setting up some way to have a chat room where people can talk to each other and we can kind of like during the commercials pull for things we want to talk about. Although I did, I have to admit, I really enjoy bagging on the commercials. Yeah, no, I, I think... People unanimously said the commercials were the the best shit in that. Right. Um, so, like, I don't know how much I want to fill up commercials with questions from the audience, but at the same time, I don't want to. I don't want to exclude them. I want to include them, but I I don't know how to do that yet. Yeah. I feel like it might be cool to do like an overlay on that thing where we put like the last two lines of chat at the Ooh. bottom of the screen so Ooh. everyone can see them. Oh, that'd be interesting. Maybe you can do that and just keep it embedded in the video. Because it's just blank. Your mouse writing checks that our technology can't cash there, Jim. That'd be super easy. Super (laughs) easy. Screen region. We've never said those things before. Um, (laughs) Oh, you're right. You're right. We could do it that way. Uh, So here, I'm going to say something maybe your ass can't cash or something. (laughs) I'm thinking about posting the link to the live watch. Obviously, it's not live anymore, but you could queue up and watch it, synchronize it, and watch it with. it's, It's basically a commentary track that's in video format with our faces on it. And a very edited version of the video-only stream, so you can kind of keep it synced up. I want to yeah. post it in the show notes, so if people want to check it out and are curious to see what we're talking about, they can. Okay. What do you think? Yeah, I'm fine with that. All right, so give that away. It's going to be in the show notes. So go to ballmove.com, find yeah. the article for this, click on that. You can watch it on YouTube for free. It's going to be a backer-only perk as soon as we get all the technology and the technical details. Uh, and it was a little rough. We had like yeah. the first five minutes, we had some bandwidth problems, and it took us a while to get it going. But I noticed someone on forums saying that if you're watching it after the fact, it doesn't matter at all because you just get synced up and it, and it works. So yeah, uh, but yeah, it'll be on the show notes. If you're curious about what we're talking about, check that out. Uh, from a forum, Pavlov's Bell, and this is the final email. Had some observations. He said, "Killing Dewey was brilliant for a number of reasons. It set tone and stakes for the season. It validated Ava's fear of Boyd. It firmly established Boyd as someone that we should not be rooting for. Do you agree with that? That's the first one I'm kind of shaky on." Because I still like Boyd. Uh, I don't have a problem with him killing Dewey. Or Dewey. I, I don't know. If it comes down to Boyd or Raylan, I'm going to pick Raylan every time. But 
like maybe that confrontation doesn't necessarily have to happen. So I'm I'm okay with Boyd. Yeah. Uh, confirmed that there's no going back for any of these characters, which is interesting because Ava went back to her old job at the salon. Uh, I am really rooting for Ava to make it out alive. Five in an episode is full of callbacks and mirrors to the pilot, down to the very creepy mirror of Raylan breaking into his ex's house while she's asleep. Killing Dewey seemed to shut the door on any more sentimental visits to earlier episodes. Thought it was an exceptionally strong episode and intricately structured. I got an extra kick out of Dil- the Dillahunt's appearance, even though it seemed a bit jarring. But they tied it into the episode thematically with Raylan waxing sentimentally uh, about the house. And he said in parentheses falsely, which we th- we think that he was full of shit about that. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about Cyrus, the drug dealer. Yeah, I don't know what his piece of the puzzle is here. I don't either, because we're pretty sure from last season, Boyd's out of the drug game. He's mm-hmm. done with heroin. So what is... I mean, Raylan's still on that case, so maybe he's and, and I don't think looking we're, people up. It's another one of those things where I don't know that we're meant to understand what's going on there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's all I got. I thought it was a great way to start the season. Really kind of help rinse the bad taste of uh, the Rappaport season. <laughs> Uh, any th- final thoughts before we uh, conclude to this? Nope, nope, that's good. If you'd like to send us some feedback, and we hope you do. Well, we had a really uh, fun fan experience the last time around, hoping to get that rekindled. A couple ways you can do it. Uh, Facebook.com slash baldmove. You can participate in our show watches and podcast threads or on our forums, the same forums.baldmove.com. You can also tweet at Jim at baldmove or uh, longform emails sent to justified at baldmove.com that's all we got uh we'll see you next thursday for episode 602 until then i'm aaron and i'm jim see you then